Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Just want to touch on one team in particular from the weekend. We'll try and get to our review a little bit later today, but we will have the nosebleeds coming your way. That's an episode of Bloke and Bar that we did last night that was unreal. You will absolutely love it. That'll be coming over the next 24 hours on Bloke and Bar YouTube and on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. So stay tuned for that. Plenty of content coming your way. But one thing that we spoke about last night was the Canberra Raiders and having a look. Obviously, it's been a tough week for the Raiders losing Jack White and uh, there was a lot of, you know, there was obviously um, the the racial abuse that Jack uh, wore during the week, which was complete and utter bullshit. It was fantastic to see uh, the rugby league community stand up against that once again. But to be honest with you, I'm getting a little bit sick of having to stand up against us. Just don't be fuckwits, essentially. Very straightforward, very easy. Um, if you know mates that have that in them, fucking call them out. Do something, say something. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing as a game, but it's just embarrassing that, you know, in the world we live in, it's still going on. It's fucking bizarre. But anyway, uh, the Canberra Raiders, it's obviously been a very tough week. They lost Jack White and they were in the papers. It was all happening. Ricky Stewart came out, tried to defend his team. In my opinion, last week it didn't come across overly well. Um, but you cannot question Ricky Stewart's passion. I think you saw it the other day in the press conference. I think you saw Jack White in, after the game as well getting very, very emotional. And um, I mean, if you think Jack White is just leaving for to win and for money and premiership, well, whatever the hell you think, like, like don't don't dare question that Jack doesn't love the Canberra Raiders. Yeah, he's had a real crossroads in his career. Uh, he's made a really hard decision that obviously wasn't easy for him. But for people to pretend like Jack White doesn't love the Canberra Raiders or doesn't appreciate the Canberra Raiders, um, I'm sorry, but it was pretty evident the other day that was complete and utter bullshit. On that as well, when we're talking about poor form, when a bloke is walking away from a camera with a football in front of his face, if you are a journo in that moment, step the fuck off. I cannot believe that Jack White was chased across the field when he was in tears with a football trying to cover his face. There's obviously a lot going on in Jack's life at the moment, and I just thought that was really, really shit form. Walk away, 
sometimes you just got to do what's best for blokes and do what's best for people. And um, the journos and stuff in that moment did not do what was best for Jack White, which I thought was very disappointing. Um, I just don't think it was necessary. I think it was pretty evident there was a lot going on for Jack in that moment. And I just thought it was really, really shit form uh, by... Uh, the journos, the cameramen, and all those people that were in that moment, which was very disappointing. Um, so, yeah, that, that moment. But you could obviously see, Jack, how emotional he was after the game, how much uh, it had really hurt him to have to leave the Raiders, and how much he loves that club and how much he appreciates what they've done for him. Rugby league, it is a brutal business at times, and sometimes you've got to make brutal decisions. Um, Jack had to make one last week, and I completely respect Jack for doing it. And if I was Jack... I would have done the exact same thing, to be honest with you. I really would have. I think it is the best thing for Jack White's career moving forward. It's unfortunate for the Cambriders. It fucking sucks. And Jack would be putting his head on his pillow at night knowing how much he's hurt the Cambriders and knowing how much how much of a tough situation he has left them in. Uh, but I think Jack White in this situation has to do the best thing for Jack White, and I completely back him doing it. Ricky Stewart came to the press conference after, also shed a few tears, was very, very emotional, but was also very honest. Uh, Ricky said that he's pissed off, and so Ricky Stewart should be pissed off. Uh, I've taken care of Jack White since he was 15 years old, turned him into the man and the footballer that he is despite a number of times where Jack's let them down realistically and they've consistently backed him in. So Ricky Stewart has every right to be pissed off and Ricky Stewart made a fantastic point that if he wasn't pissed off, what would that say about them caring about their players? Of course they're upset, of course they're pissed off because they know that Jack White is a terrific guy, he's a terrific footballer, he's a terrific leader uh, and he means a lot to that team. So I I don't have any problem with, with him showing that sort of emotion. I know he's a really easy guy to bag, uh, Ricky Stewart, but I, I thought that uh, everything he said and the way he acted in that press conference, I thought it was completely fair. And to be honest with you, if I'm a Canberra Raiders fan at the moment, and if, if I was a Canberra Raiders fan, I'd be very nervous with Jack leaving. I'm very worried about where the Canberra Raiders turn from here. I'm very worried about the future of Ricky Stewart as well. But if I'm a, if I'm a Canberra Raiders fan, I'm going, you know what? He's still the guy that I want leading us. He's still the guy that I want coaching because he's got genuine passion for this club. It is more than a job to him. It's a community. It's a family to Ricky Stewart. Um, and he'll be pissed off when people leave. He will be hurt and he'll let you know about it. And that's what I've always respected about Ricky Stewart. Does he do it in the right way all the time? No way. A lot of the time he fucks it up and a lot of the time he pisses me off. But you cannot question this guy's passion and how much he cares for his players. I don't. I think anyone that wants to take out the bias of maybe not liking Ricky Stewart or whatever it might be, I think you can all understand and admit that. So uh, it was a tough press conference. I think you could even see Elliot Whitehead who was sitting next to Ricky Stewart. He was sort of like, oh, fuck, this is going to be interesting how this one's going to play out. I don't think he expected to see that sort of emotion from Ricky Stewart. I think you'd see when the press conference ended, Ricky Stewart, he was more than happy to get the hell out of there because I don't think he wanted to show um, that sort of emotion. But um, yeah, the Cambraders, they found themselves in a really tough spot at the moment. Um, there's obviously a lot going on. They're, they're on the front page of the papers. Uh, they're copping it a little bit left, right and centre, myself included. I'm not quite sure where they go from here. I don't think it's going to be an overly positive two or three years. Hopefully they can prove me wrong. I really do because I want to see Ricky Stewart and the Raiders be successful because they are goers. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. I think they do do it tougher than other teams when it comes to recruitment and all that. We spoke about this last week. I think it will be very tough for them to get superstars down there. Realistically, if you want to sign a million dollar player in Canberra, I think you're probably looking at 1.3 million. I think you have to spend overs to get guys to move to Canberra. That's with all due respect to people that live in Canberra and whatnot, but 
the reality is that when you come from Sydney, Brisbane, whatever it might be, um, you don't want to move to Canberra. That is the reality of it. Fair, unfair, whatever, it, that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It just comes down to the reality of the situation and how people see Canberra and how people see life in Canberra. Um, and that is just it. Doesn't mean we're right. <laughs> we're more than likely we're wrong. I'm sure if I was born in Canberra, I would absolutely fucking love it. Uh, but that is the reality of the situation. And we're talking in realities here, not trying to be nice. Uh, so they are in a tough spot. And I'm very nervous for them over the next few years. Uh, but I thought their win on the weekend was tremendous. And as I said, we'll try and get to a review throughout today. If not, we'll just have the nosebleeds. We are a little bit short on time today. Uh, but I thought their win over the Dolphins was fantastic. Look, was it pretty? No. But nothing the Raiders do is pretty. Yeah, And that's been their MO for a very, very long time. Uh, especially this modern day group. You've obviously got the Raiders from the 90s that everything was pretty. Everything was perfect. Everything was fantastic. That hasn't been the key Raiders over the last few years. Even when they went all the way to the grand final in 2019, it wasn't pretty. Um, you had a halfback that wasn't a rep footballer. You had a 5'8 that was learning to play the position, was kicking balls out on the full left, right and centre and throwing rogue passes the entire time. You had a fullback who didn't have the skill set of the other fullbacks in the competition but they're just fucking goers and they just get the job done. You had a right edge of Lailua and Rapana who, once the ball went over there, you'd never get it back and they do some of the roguest things we've ever seen. You saw them score more tries off kicks and strange, bizarre kicks than any other team. But that's who the Canberra Raiders are, and they own who they are. And that's what I respect about the Canberra Raiders. They know that they're not the most skillful side in the competition. They know they don't have the most upside, but they know that they'll hang in every single contest, and they will compete in every single contest, and they will just find ways to win. And they found a way to win on the weekend, 31-30 to over the Dolphins. Um, I thought the Raiders, they started unbelievably well. Jared Croker scored the first try, which is great to see. Love seeing Jared Croker cross for meat at any point. But especially now, at this point in his career, I think it's fantastic fantastic to see him and hopefully he does get to gain 300 because that will really be a special moment in rugby league and I think a moment that every single fan even if you hate the Canberra Raiders you can't possibly hate Jared Croker and you've got to respect him for what he has done not only throughout his career but over the last few weeks so great to see him cross Jackie Boy Whiten crossed as well uh, and they they were flying I think it was 10-0 after about 5 or 6 minutes they were cruising the Canberra Raiders and you thought oh my god how ugly is this going to get have the Dolphins finally fallen apart credit to the Dolphins they fight their way back into it yeah, they managed to get themselves back into this game. Jordi Rapana scored. Sebastian Chris scored off a scrum. Showed some pace um, that we haven't seen uh, in quite some time. That was very, very impressive. Obviously, Branko Lee slipped over off the scrum. Gave Seb Chris the opportunity, but he went all the way. Jamal Fogarty, he managed to score late in the game as well. Uh, and here we are. We went to Golden Point after a brilliant fight back from the Dolphins, probably led by Conley Lemuelu, who scored two tries in the second half there to get the Dolphins back into it. But we go to Golden point and the Raiders in typical Raiders fashion as I said things aren't overly pretty down there they do win ugly they do things in a bizarre strange unorthodox way a lot of the time they probably came up with the worst golden point set I have ever seen in my entire life uh, where they went from left to right to left to right to put up a midfield chip um, it was awful to, to set up for a field goal was awful the commentators did mention during that game that the Raiders they don't have a single player in their team that's kicked a field goal. And I remember sort of thinking, they're going, surely that can't be true. And I was thinking about their team. And yeah, sure enough, they didn't have a single player that had kicked a field goal uh, for the Canberra Raiders in their career. The moment came for Jamal Fogarty. He managed to put it over and win the game in the 83rd minute, which was fantastic to see. The Raiders, they just get the job done. They win ugly. Now... 
My thing with the Raiders, as I've said, you know, a few times throughout this podcast, they don't have a huge amount of attacking upside, yeah? They've got a really solid halfback who's good. He's not a Mitch Moses. He's not a Nathan Cleary. He's not one of these guys. He's solid, but he doesn't have massive attacking upside. They've got a 5'8", who, you know, he's a ball-running six. He's very good, very talented, but he's all about ticker. There's more ticker than skill set probably in Jack White and realistically. I still think he's going to be a great signing for South Sydney. I think he's going to kill it. But you look at Jack White and you know he's more of a dog. He's going to fight for every single bone. He's going to go at absolutely everything, give everything he's got. He might not have the skill set to match other 5'8s in this competition. In fact, I would say Yamas definitely doesn't. But what he does have is just more ticker than anyone else. Got a fullback, Seb Chris, who was a center slash winger a couple of weeks ago. I think it shocked even Canberra Raiders fans when he was named at fullback. And you've got a hooker rotation of three or four guys that I don't think they would probably start in any other team in this competition, maybe one or two. But none of them would be 80-minute hookers anywhere else. Um, And you can't trust any of them to be an 80-minute hooker in Canberra. So when you have a look at that, when you have a look at that team, I mean, you've also got Jared Croker, who, you know, hasn't been in the team for a long time. You've got Matty Timiko, who's an absolute freak. I love him. But he's sort of just coming into first grade. Jordan Rapana, very rogue sort of character. Albert Hoppawato hasn't played a heap of first grade. So when you look at the Canberra, you go, okay, where do their points come from? Where are they going to score? And this is my issue every single week with picking any time try scores for the Raiders. I just don't know where they're going to score points. Now, here we are in round nine. After a big win on the weekend, which was fantastic, here we are in round nine, and the Raiders are four and four, and they've had a bye. Yeah, so four wins, four losses. I just want to run you through some numbers, and the thing that stands out with me for the Canberra Raiders, and for me, it's always been an eye test thing. When the Raiders are offloading, they are playing better footy. When the Raiders are offloading and playing second-phase footy, that's when Jack White and Hudson Young, these sort of guys, they can really get on the front foot. And for me, I've always thought, why isn't this team offloading more? And then I, I went through and I had a look at the numbers. So... As I said, they've won four games. They've lost four games so far in season 2023. The four games they've lost, in those four games, they have averaged seven offloads across those four games. So they lost in round one. They had eight offloads. Lost in round two, they had 10 offloads. Lost in round four, they had three offloads. Lost in round five, they had eight offloads. So in all their losses... The most amount of offloads they have is 10, and they're averaging seven. So seven offloads they average in, a, in across their losses in season 2023. Now, that didn't overly shock me, because for me, that team should be offloading much more than that. For me, their front row forwards, who have all got offloading ability, Corey Horsburgh, Joey Tapanay, uh, Emre Guller, these sort of guys, Josh Papali'i, these sort of guys, the front row alone should be averaging at least seven offloads per game, in my opinion. When the entire team is averaging seven offloads per game, it doesn't shock me that those are the four games they lost. Now, when you go and have a look at their wins this season, and this is where it gets very, very interesting, in all their losses this year, they are averaging seven offloads per game. In their wins, they're averaging 13 offloads per game. So almost double the amount of offloads the Raiders have in games they win compared to games that they lose, which is pretty phenomenal. Now, granted, in round three and round seven, they won those games. They only had eight offloads, which was the same as two games that they lost. In round six, though, they won that game. They had 12 offloads on the weekend against the Dolphins. And I personally thought, despite them lose, despite them conceding 30 points, and I understand that's an issue, I thought their attack looked better on the weekend than we have seen it all season. You know how many offloads they had on the weekend? 24 fucking offloads. 24 offloads the Canberra Raiders had, and they scored 31 points. 
points. And I personally thought they left more points out on the field as well. So, I mean, this team, they need to be given a license to offload. I think Joe Tapanay has been told to put it away early in the season because I obviously have him in my Supercoach draft and watching him very closely. A number of times where he's got the opportunity to offload and he chooses to pull it back in, he doesn't go for it. I think Corey Horsburgh has been told, hey, you can offload when you feel like you can get it away and you can get us on the front foot. I think he had five offloads on the weekend, Corey Horsburgh, and he looked fucking tremendous. Joe Tapanay starting to do it a little bit more. Emre Gula, Josh Papali, all these guys we spoke about, even their outside backs and their back rowers, your Hudson Youngs, these sort of guys. I think the Canberraers, they don't have enough tack- uh, enough attacking upside in their side to just complete their sets, kick to corners, and grind out wins. They need to create second-phase footy, and I think those numbers are pretty evident that quite literally they are doubling their offloads in games they win compared to games that they lose. And if you want to take out the outlier last week, which was 24 offloads, which I understand, you're still looking at about an average of 10 offloads in games they win compared to games they lose where there's seven. And when you have a look at the the best, the, the game that they had the most offloads in that they lost this year, they had 10. So that was just hitting their average of games they won this year. For me... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There is no doubt whatsoever. This team needs to be offloading the footy. This team needs to be playing second-phase footy. That's how you bring Jack White, and that's how you bring Seb Chris. That's how you bring Jordan Rapata, Hudson Young. All their high, high-ability players need to be playing second-phase footy. If you want to play set-play footy as the Canberra you're making it easy for opposition defences, in my opinion. And I think you'd see in the first 10 minutes the other night, they came out with an attitude offload. Is it going to work every week? No, it's not. There's going to be weeks where the Canberra are going to have a heap of fucking errors. They're going to turn over a heap of ball and they're not going to win games of football because it doesn't go to hand. But for me, they are a team that has offloading ability. Their key players have a fantastic offload. They play their best footy when they are offloading and getting on the front foot. And for me, it's a risk the Canberraiders need to take if they want to keep winning games of football. It's the risk they took at the end of last season and it worked out really well for them. I think they won one game in their first six or seven or something. Then they started to offload and allow their forwards just to play their natural games. And of course, not only do they go to the finals, they beat the Melbourne Storm week one of the NRL final series. So for me, I think the writing's on the wall for the Canberraiders. What they need to be doing, they need to play second phase footy. Everyone needs to be alert and it needs to be a very similar game plan to what you've seen the Panthers do over the last few years. Get an offload, get the ball to a strike player. As soon as you offload, if it's if it's one of your hookers, they run and they go straight away. You get off the back of it. If not, where's Jack? Where's Jamal? Where's Seb Chris? Get the ball to them in an instant. Even where's Hudson Young? Get the ball to one of your strike players that can take advantage of that second phase footy. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with the Canberra Raiders this year. There's been a lot going on, a lot more to still, still to come. They're going to lose games that they should win. They're going to win games that they should lose. They're a very hard team to read, but I'll tell you what, the Canberra Raiders are a better footy side when they're offloading, when they're going forward, and that's the last thing you want. And offloading Canberra Raiders when you come up against them, especially down there in Canberra when it's cold, it's a pain in the ass being there. If they're offloading and playing second phase footy and getting on the front foot, it's the last thing you want to deal with. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.